Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. I will begin reading. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Tell your neighbor he began to be in want. You know, when you begin to be in want, it changes things for you. Verse 15, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Verse 16, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the paws that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But he, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe. Isn't that a good daddy? And put it on him and put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. Verse 23, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Verse 25, Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Verse 26, so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Verse 27, and he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Verse 28, interesting response. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. Verse 29, so he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Verse 30, but as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. How do you know that older brother was angry? 
Anger has a way of coming out, doesn't it? Verse 31, and he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. Notice what the father said. For your brother was dead and is alive again. In other words, he was alive, but he died, and he's back again. And was lost and is found. That means that he was in place. He got lost along the way. And he's been found again. I want to leave in your hearing a simple text that the Lord shared with me. And that is around our theme for this year. And as we You know how it is. As you get to the end of the year, you want to tie up any loose ends so that you're free to go into the next year. You know how it is. You you want to make sure your house is in order. You want to make sure that if you got anything that's that's laying out, you want to get those things together and and, and tidy up because you don't want the new year to find you like the last year. So when Pastor said to stick with the theme of this year, I said, all right. So my text today is my choice to connect, disconnect, or reconnect. My choice. Isn't that something? My choice. Church members connecting as one has been our theme for 2019, and we've been blessed at least 363 days, I believe, to manifest that that, that, that bond, that closeness with each other, ever since we heard that theme. And we can go back to Psalms 133, 1 through 3, and it talks about how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And we know that the word says, for there the Lord commanded blessings. In other words, he orders blessing, he orders peace, and he orders prosperity. And you know for your own self that if you dwell in unity with a person, there is a, a level of peace there. But the moment chaos begins to hit in that relationship or in that interaction, you know, the peace tends to disappear. You don't have that level of peace that you once had. Many times you don't have inward peace, but a lot of times you don't even have that outward peace. So we know that unity is very, very important. And the Lord has so declared that upon our lives because I just believe that God is commanding blessings into our lives. But he understands that we've got to think a certain way and we've got to talk a certain way and we've got to act a certain way. And if we're going to unite, we have to unite on that which is proven and that which is solid and that is God's word. Now, it's good for us to unite on some things that are trivial every now and then, but we don't want to base our lives on trivial matters. We want to make sure that we are uniting on things that has been proven. And we know God's word has been proven. So in, in looking at our, our, our topic today, our, our, our focus, my choice to connect, disconnect, and to reconnect. And, and when we're dealing with choices, and we know that choices are so powerful, and, and you have to applaud God in so, on so many levels, because here I am, I'm going to create uh, man, I'm going to create 
a human being. I'm going to speak light. I'm going to take the dust from the earth, and I'm going to orchestrate this masterpiece that I call man. And I'm going to cause him to have dominion. I'm going to grant different things in his life. But you know what? I'm going to give him a choice. Now, he could have said, I'm just going to make man do this, and I'm going to make man do that. But he said, nah, because my creation is so great. I'm so awesome at who I am. I'm confident enough in myself. I'm going to give him a choice. And you know we all have choices. And, and choices is how we make decisions. And we know Adam and Eve, we don't know who did what. Brother Henry won't even tell us. But we know somewhere in the garden there was a breakdown in communication. You got to be in Sunday school to get that one, right, Brother Henry? But we know somewhere along the way that there was a mix-up in communication and a, ba- a bad choice went way down hill. And we know that the only way that we could get any type of recompense for that choice is that we had to have a high priest that could, could, could understand what we go through, but yet without sin, that, that was, had innocent blood. And, and we know we've been learning about the goats and the bullocks and all that. And, and you know, that, that wasn't going to clean us up. That was only going to be a ritual to show that we have to be cleansed in the presence of the Almighty God. But bottom line, choice is important. And choice is being able to make a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. Understanding that whatever choice we make, that um, we have to live with the conditions of our choice. And, And also knowingly that our choices tend to affect those that are around us, whether good or not so good. But as I give you these choices, three choices today, before I get back into the text, there was the choice to connect. And we talked about church members connecting as one body. And that is to the, the choice to be joint together with your sisters and brothers in Christ. Most importantly, join together tight with God. Like, I don't want to be tight with God that he's doing what I say. I want to be tight with God that I'm doing what he say. How about that? I want to be so knit with God that I, 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 I meditate upon the word. I, I talk the word. I think the word. I act the word. And that word just comes up on the inside of me. As a matter of fact, I wake up in the morning and I want to get a little bit of word. I, I Throughout the day, I might put a praise and a worship in. I just want his presence in my life. I, I, I choose to be connected to him. But not only that, I choose to be collected to my leaders. I choose to be connected to my sisters and brothers in Christ. I care about my sisters and brothers in Christ. And I don't just say it with my lips, but my actions demonstrate how much I want to be connected to them being linked together it matters to me how you're doing it matters to me if your day was good it matters to me how well things are going on your job it matters to me how your family is faring it matters to me and then there is disconnect to begin to break the connection between you and God you know how it is it's it's all right if I hear the word is it's all right it's all right if I read the scripture. It's all right if I won't. I might sing a praise. I might not. What did the pastor say? I don't really remember. It probably didn't apply to me. You know you begin to break that connection. You begin to pull away 
from that connection. You were once on fire, but now you begin to break away from what you've been taught and what you've heard and what you know to be true. You know, sometimes we we can get in that mode, and, and sometimes we don't intentionally break away, but we begin to have feelings and thoughts and emotions that will kind of begin to break that bond. There were some things that our convictions were so strong and you couldn't tell us it wasn't anything different. And then we started hearing this and we started looking at that and we stopped walking by faith and, and start walking more by sight. And then we begin to waver in our conviction and the disconnection began. And one thing about disconnected folks, you can always tell when a person is disconnected or beginning to disconnect because they begin to isolate themselves. They begin to separate themselves from others. They begin to be somewhat alone and solitary. Now, I like my alone time. Tell somebody for later, like a alone time. I do. But now I don't want to be there by myself all the time. Yeah, I do better when I can get away and I can get recharged and I'm, you know, I'm back to myself. Using my alone time, you can find me with a a, a, a nap, a, you know, a blanket and a pillow. And, and as I get along with God and get some good sleep, I'm back in it, right? But some people, when they start to break away, they don't, they don't really want to be with the saints. They don't, they don't really want to hear the word. They don't. They don't, it's something different. They, they, they begin to break that connection. They, it's hard for them to sit and to listen and to hear and, and, and to respond to faith, to love, to forgiveness. And a lot of times you'll find that they're not really alone because the enemy is constantly talking and their flesh is constantly talking. They think they're alone from people, but in fact they've opened the door for so many other things to begin to talk and to pull them away. And then you have those that have chosen to reconnect. They realize, I got to get back together. I got to get back in that safe place. I got to get back in that place of peace. I got to I gotta reestablish my bond. I got to get hooked up with my sisters and brothers in Christ. I, gotta, I need to be connected to my, my sister that can pray for me. I need to be connected and, and hear that encouraging word. I need, to, I need to hear what pastor has to say. I, I can't live out here by myself. I got to get back in the house so that I can get reconnected. But you know, it's a choice. And God gives us a choice. He says, I can show you the benefits of remaining abiding in me and my word abiding in you. But even in that, he gives us the choice. He gives us the choice. Let's go into the text today even further. Because I don't know about you, but I have to pray daily, Lord, help me to remain connected. Help me to abide in you, oh God. Help me to abide amongst the believers, oh God. But not only that, help me to, oh God, to help and pray for those that are disconnected, oh God. I don't want to be bitter, oh God. I, I may not understand what they're going through, but give me an understanding I, oh God. Give me a heart of compassion, oh God, that I can reconnect those that have been disconnected. God, when I see those that are trying to come back into the fold, oh God, to have that place of peace, help me to be so sensitive to the Holy Ghost Oh, God, that I embrace them with love and faith and hope. Connected, disconnected, and reconnected. 
And so when we look in Luke chapter 15 and verses 11 through 32, we read about this certain man. And this man had two sons. And, and we're going to find now, you're going to see a little bit of connection. You're going to see some disconnect. And you're going to see some reconnection. But this man, he had two sons. And then there was this younger son of the father he goes to his father and he says to him give me the portion of goods that falls to me now you know about young folk because you know we've been young now i know our, our our knees and our bones may not tell us how young we are now but we were that 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 one right there in the text well you know we, you could have found us about 30 odd years ago you know we were young folk right and all we can do is change the world one thing at a time. So we ain't had nothing to change with. We had to go get something from mom and daddy. But you know we was going to change the world one person at a time. Yeah, I like y'all ain't been young. I identify with everybody in this text today. He was young. He was youthful. He was inexperienced with life. He was immature. And he goes up to his father and he says, God, Father, just supply me with everything that, that is due to me. He said, everything that belongs to me, I, I want it right now, God. You know how young folks it is. You know, you know, when we, Paul talks about 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. How many of you know that childish is, child or childish is five times in that text? And that lets me know that childish behavior will dominate an atmosphere. Isn't that something? A childish person thinks only about themselves. Yep. They think everything abroad is around them. And, and as a matter of fact, they get very offended if you don't uh, uh, agree with what they believe to be true. And so this, he didn't care about his father. He didn't care about the work that had to be done. He simply says, give me what belongs to me. And like a good daddy, he ain't had like fur later. Tell you, neighbor, he ain't had like fur later. He ain't had like some of y'all either, but I'm going to keep on in the text and let it be me. He began to divide out his livelihood. He gave him what belonged to him. And so that, that one incident in the text, it showed me so many different choices. The, the young boy made the choice that he wanted to take that which he thought was due to him. The father didn't even, he didn't, he didn't put a fight up. He just went ahead and on. I guess he said, huh, go ahead. It's, it's more peaceful, but you mean just give you what you have and, and, and let you be. But not only that, he, he, was, he, he made the choice to leave his other brother behind. And he, he, he just made a lot of choices. And just that give me what belongs to me. Isn't that something? How many of us have really and truly changed the dynamics of some relationship in our lives because we wanted what belonged to us? Mm. Give me what belongs to me. Give me my, the portion of good that falls to me. Come on, Daddy. Go on, divide it up. So Daddy did just that. He said, go on. I'm giving you out of the resources to keep this house going. I'm giving you the goods that helps keeping this house going, but I'm going to give it to you. And we notice that, and we look at verse um, 12, and, and so once he gave the boy his um, goods, um, excuse me, in verse 13, not many days after the younger son gathered all his little stuff, the Bible said in verse 13, he gathered it all together and journeyed to a far country. 
And and not only that, he didn't just journey, but he started wasting that which belonged to him. How many of you know that sometimes we can get in such a rush and such a hurry that we just uh, just don't even see the wisdom behind the scene? We don't see that the reason he had something to be given to him because his father knew not to waste possessions. The reason that, that there was a portion of share to him was because his father understood responsibility. His father understood investment. His father understood what waste looked like. But you know this young person. He said, oh, let me get my little stuff together. You know how I did, young folk. Okay, I said I was young. I'm going to identify. You get your little stuff. You got your clothes, your shoes. You might have a bed spread. You might not even bought that. You might not be able to take that. You better check in. Because you know you thought you bought it, but you didn't really buy it. You might have an iron if you got that for graduation and a frying pan. But that's about all you got, right? Because you haven't invested. You haven't, you haven't contributed to that. You've only worked it, but you really haven't made that contribution yet. And the only thing you can do is go with whatever daddy blessed you to go with. Isn't that something? But you can look at that from a spiritual and a natural standpoint as well. Because people can come in and out of the church and thank God for a stabilizing um, gift of God. Because they, when they come in, the lights are on. When they go out, the lights are on. When they come in, the pews and the seat and the church is going. And then when they go out, it's the same thing. Isn't that something? So you don't always have to look at it from a natural perspective. You can look at it from a spiritual perspective as well. But he goes away and he journeys into a far country. And there he wastes his possession. I just want to talk a little bit about a journey. Because sometimes we think a journey is I'm just going to get up out of here, right? I'm going to go do me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to run this household because this is what I am going to do, right? Everybody, you, okay, y'all ain't going to even agree with me. I'm just going to let this text be about me. But, you know, once you're in your house, you do what you want to do, right? You know, you're in mama daddy's house, you do what they want to do. But I'm, I'm going to run this house right here. Yeah, it's easy to say that when that mortgage is not in your name and the insurance and the taxes, Jesus, and the electricity and the water, right? But all you can do is get on up out of here. You're going to do what you want to do because that's all you can think about me, right? So he journeys. But one thing about a journey is that you can think in terms of a journey as far as a place, a location he went to. But how many of you know that life's a journey? And when life's journey, there's some trials and some tribulations. There's some pain and some pressure. There's some anxiety and some stress that you don't just read in the word journey, but it comes with life's journey. And so there he goes, and he just wasting his possession. He living large, right? Remember, he living out what his dad gave him, but he gonna waste that with prodigal living. The Bible says he was living it up, right? He was doing all kind of rowdy and unruly things, disorderly. You know, do what I want to do when I want to. I can smoke it, sniff it, chase it, whatever I want to do. I can chase men, women, both if I choose. This, I'm just talking. I'm being real with the generation now. I can do what I want to when I want to, and ain't nobody going to say nothing. How many of you know prodigal living don't last long? Right. Verse 14, but when he had spent all, tell somebody he done spent all now. Yeah, he done spent it all. 
You know, when you start incurring them expenses in your name. You ain't had none before, but now they coming in your name. At one time, the insurance was coming in mom and daddy's name, but now the insurance coming in your name. And you thought you were getting a good rate because you were just paying a little bit to them. But then you realized, oh, the rate was coming from them because they were the responsible person. They kept the bill up all this time. But, you know, he done spent all in a bad sense. He done consumed up everything. And there arose a severe not like, Lord, why it had to be a severe one? It couldn't just be no dusting. It was like, nah, this, this famine right here, this, this hunger right here going to hit, and you're going to know it's hit. So now I done wasted my resources. I done spent all my money, and now time's going to get tough. How many know if you keep living, time will get tough now? And the Bible says, and he began to be in want. Isn't that something? He'd been with his dad this whole time and didn't know what want felt like, looked like, smelt like. And he gets out on his own, blow everything that he has, mm, blow everything that he has, gain more bills, and then the bottom fall out. You know, one thing I remember about when we were in college, it's like the credit card folks just start sniffing out your name. They don't get you to you about that junior year, sophomore, junior year. I guess they said the freshmen, it's a given. They might be gone. We can't be putting no money out on them, right? But they get you to stay two years and maybe three. Man, they'll have you so stacked up with credit cards. You'd be like, you like, do this thing really work? Oh, it worked. Do I have to pay it? What? What? It's like ongoing money. That's a trick. It's a trick. Tell your neighbor that's a trick. Yeah. And then you graduate and you finally land that good job, but only to find out that the money that you're making is going toward the bills that you made. And how many of y'all, you don't even remember all the costs that you created? Because you might have had a friend with you. You know, your friends don't really care about what your, how you swipe your car as long as they get what they want and they gone. So you might not even remember the names of the friends that you swiped your car for. But the bills stay with you. Luke 15 and 13. Not many days after the youngest son gathered all together and he journeyed away and wasted his possession. And we know that there's severe fame. And so he didn't broke his connection. He was connected to his father. He was connected to his brother. He breaks the connection. And he just decides, I'm going I'm to go, do, go do what I need to do. So I said, when you listen to Abraham and you listen to the story of Abraham, you have to listen to that with wisdom because you get to thinking that you didn't heard a voice and that voice done led you away from your safe place and you go wandering and the Lord never meant for you to be wandering. The Lord meant for you to listen and to maintain and wait, but you get to taken off and you'll disconnect yourself. And so he goes out and he 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 gotta he gotta do something now. Tell you never he gotta do something. Yeah, cause if you hungry, you gonna do something. Hunger has a way of talking to you. You might skip a few a few hours, but you you real hungry. You about to do something. Hopefully it's gonna be something upright, but you know you get real hungry. Ain't no telling. 
So he goes out in verse 15. He went out and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Notice how he didn't got connected to somebody. So you can say all day long, I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to be my own person. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need nobody. Yeah, I beg to differ. You connected now. You connected. Because if you work on a job, you connected to that company. Because if you didn't connect to that company, you wouldn't be getting no increase toward the end of the week, the month, or whenever. But your connection leads you back to a paycheck, right? So verse 15, he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. Now, you know, the citizens of that country is not like your daddy now. So the citizen of that country said, yeah, I got something for you. I'm going to send you out to my fields <laughs> to feed my swine. That's totally different, isn't it? You went from having it all, access to it all, and now you're going to go connect yourself in this foreign place, trying to network. That's the word, right? We networking in this day and time, right? Everybody network. We linked in, we linked out, we networking, right? But everybody that you network with ain't got the Holy Ghost. Everybody that you network with ain't born again. Everybody that you network with, work with don't preach and teach the same teachings that you have. They don't have the faith that you have. And so he's looking out for, the citizen looking out for himself like, this is what we do out here. You hungry? Go on. Go to my fields and feed my swine. And the, the, the son, I'm so sad for the son. Verse 16, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. I said, why are you going to walk the dog, Jesus? Why he had to go out in the house? Do you know how stinky pigs are? Oh, my God, they're so stinky and they're so messy. Like they just wallow in slop and mess and they, they, and they stink for miles. If you've never been near a pig pen, that's an experience, I must tell you. And they eat anything. And why is it that he got to go clean? He got to tend to the swine. And the swine food look good. Now, that's one thing, like, you know, I mean, you know, anybody's been around me and they know I have a serious gad reflex, like, and I'm like, ooh, I can't smell that, I can't smell that, right? But you going out here working with the swine, and the swine food look good. And the Bible says, and no one gave him anything. What? The swine food look good, it's stinky, it's smelly. And won't nobody even offer you anything. Oh, you didn't hit it now. Tell somebody he hit low then. But you know desperate situations require desperate measures. That's why you got to choose to be connected. Not to disconnect, but if you do, quickly reconnect. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, how many know when you get at some places, you will come to yourself? You, you don't really come to yourself when things are nice and things are comfortable and things are people constantly giving to you. But when you're out there in the pig pen, when you're out there that you can't hardly to take in the smell, much less eat of what the pig would eat, and you ain't even worthy enough to get what the pig is eating. Nobody cares enough about you not to offer you water or a piece of bread. They're not even offering you the pig food. It'll make you come to yourself. It'll help you to realize what your status is, what your thinking is like, what your talking been like, what your actions looking like. That baby came to himself and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough 
and to spare, and I perish with hunger? You know how it is when you come to yourself, them good humbling conversations. You can't really come to yourself when you're still up here. You can't really come to yourself when you got all these chips, right? You come to yourself when you don't know what you're going to do, when you sit and you hunger. And that's one thing. It's hard for a parent, no doubt, to allow their child to hunger, to be in hunger. But sometimes it's that hungry moment that causes you to realize that this is not what God has called you to do. And sometimes it might be a spiritual hunger, and sometimes it might be a natural hunger. But he came to himself. And he and, and, and you know, and it's that conversation that you have with yourself when you when you let blame go. You know, because you, you ain't came to yourself when you're still blaming. And you stop making excuses. And you tell pride to sit down and close your mouth. We ain't having no conversation with you now. Right? But when you come to yourself, it's that heart that God wants you to have. And and he said I will arise and go to my father. And I'm going to say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. It was at that moment that he could say, you know what, this, this is not about this life. I thought this was the fast life. I thought this was what I wanted. I thought daddy wasn't moving fast enough. I thought my brother didn't know what was going on. He said, but now I realize on this journey called life. That I've disconnected myself in a way that I have brought myself to a place that, Lord, I've been sinning against you and I've sinned against my Father. In the scripture reads, I've sinned against heaven. In other words, the, the dwelling place of God. I've sinned against God. And what do you say about sin? In other words, I've wandered from the path of uprightness. I started compromising. I started letting my convictions go. I started saying, well, you know, whatever I got to do, I just got to make it. I, I I don't really care about God like I used to. I mean, he all right over here to the side, but I, it's all about me. I have to make it right now. He said, I, I've done wrong, and I've sinned before you in your presence. And we read on in verse 19. And we, we know, too, but even before um, before even I go further, I'm just going to say verse 19. He says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Let me tell you about sin. When you wander away from the, the, the path of God, when you wander away from uprightness, when you wander away from what you know to be true, it does something to your psyche. It does something because you knew you were at a place of peace and you pull yourself away. You've allowed someone to pull you away. You've allowed them to talk you out of the will of God. And, and so you now have this conflict of good and evil. And you say, well, I believe that was always true. You know, there was a good guy and there was a bad guy. But now nah, when you really know the truth, <laughs> that, that war is somewhat different now. Because now there's the guilt that comes along with sin. There's the condemnation that comes along with sin. And it takes the power of the blood of Jesus to not only wipe away your sin, but to cleanse you from unrighteousness. Romans 6 and 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Luke 15 and 20 says, and he arose and came to his father. That baby got up and he went back to his father. 
And, and, and not only that, I, I thought it was so powerful when I, I had this great parenting lesson from his father. Because when his father saw him, he was still a great way off. And his father saw him and, and he had compassion on him. And, and, and seeing somebody is not always what you see with your natural eye. But sometimes it's discerning what's happening with the person. Sometimes it's noticing something different about the person. And, and, and so his, his father saw him and he, and he had compassion. He was moved with empathy. He was moved with sympathy. He began to see. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He didn't even have to run up to me. I'm going to go meet him halfway. And, and he saw him and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And I said, Lord, isn't that amazing? Like how many more people would be reconnected to God if we had a discerning eye and we could see them from a distance and we could meet them halfway and we would embrace them with God's love and we would say that it's okay, my brother. It's okay, my sister. God loves you no matter what. He died for you like right now just like he died for you before you messed up. He loves you now just as much as he loves you before you wandered away off the path of righteousness but I looked at his father and I said Lord help me to be a better parent because even in the natural and as well as in the spirit when I see someone has wandered off the path God help me to embrace them with love help me to embrace them with compassion oh God help me to embrace them looking through empathy the eyes of empathy in other words not seeing myself but looking through their eyes on the situation Verse 15 and 21, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and no longer worthy to be your son. The same conversation he had with himself, he, he had with his father. But the father said, but father said to, to the servant, bring out the best robe. He said, I don't care what you say, my baby is home. He said, I know that he lost his influence. I know that he lost his power. I know that he lost his authority when he walked away from the path of God. He said, but he's home. And he said, to bring out the best robe. Oh, glory be to God. He said, put a ring on his head. He said, put sandals on his feet. Glory, glory, glory. I don't care if it's your natural son. I don't care if it's your daughter. I don't care if it's someone that has wandered away from the path that was on crack, that was a whoremonger. It doesn't matter who it is. But the father said, bring out the best robe. I mean, you know, we got to change our way of thinking when it comes to people giving their lives to Christ. We got to change the way that we think. When people mess up and come back in the way because that father didn't hold anything against that son, he said, bring out the best. He said, not only do I want you to cover him, I want him to be protected. He said, put a ring on his finger and put the sandals on his feet. Isn't that something? Isn't it something how the Lord just, he brings out the best for us. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't hold black blessings on us. Sometimes it may not be that we've been out whoremonging. It may not be that we've been out on crack. It may not be that we've been out cussing and fussing and laying up. But whatever it is, when we come back into the house, the Lord says, bring out the best robe and put a ring on the finger, honey. My baby is home. My baby is home. He's been reconnected. But then in verse 25, there was the older son. 
And the older son didn't quite understand. Because one thing that the father knew is that he was dead. And now he's alive. How many of you know that people can be walking around and spiritually dead, so disconnected from God, can't pray, don't think they deserve to pray? He said, one thing that father understood, my baby was dead, and now he's alive. And that older son, he didn't quite understand. And I don't blame the older son, because sometimes I don't always understand. But the older son... He said, this son of yours, he said, what is all this noise? What is going on in this house? And so sometimes when we don't understand, rather than going to the source, we start asking people we think no. And so the son went by and he asked the servant and he said, what is going on? What is all this ruckus? What's all this music? What's all this dance? What's this fatted lamb? What's going on? And the servant tried to talk as much as he knew. He said, your your brother, he's safe and sound. But what he didn't understand, because the, the, the older son, he was upset. He was angry. He said, you know what? I've been in this house all this time. I have served. I've been obedient. I've done everything that I was supposed to do. And the father had to plead with him. He said, but what you don't understand is that you were never dead. Glory be to God. You didn't lose life. You didn't wander away from the path of God. You you didn't run the risk of going to hell. He said, but your son, your brother, he was on his way to hell. And I know we want to say once saved, always saved. And yeah, they know the word. But the word stands to be true. When you continue to practice sin, when you continuously move away from what you know is right, the Bible lets us know that, that the wages of sin is death. And so the father pleaded with the son, with the older son. And he said, you know, everything I have has always been here for you. I didn't have to go get you the fatted calf. Baby, you got all the calves. I didn't have to go get you the best robe. You got access to it all. And I said, Lord, when it comes to us being connected as one, we've got to begin to see life through the Father. We've got to see life like the one that wandered away. We've got to see life like the one that didn't quite understand. But most importantly, we've got to be connected. And we've got to say, wherever I am in this parable, God, help me to see the way you see things. God, if I'm the father and I'm supposed to be an encouragement to my child, whatever that parent is in this place, you've got to be that encouragement. You can't be the one that's tearing them down because you don't know, you, you don't know the journey that they're on. If you are the, the son that have disconnected yourself and you wanted away from the path of righteousness you gotta get back in the house because there's protection in the house you can't be wandering away doing your own thing because the people in the other place in the, the citizens in the other land they're not gonna love you like the people in the house does and I don't know, maybe you the hired servant and you just trying to give an answer to calm the older brother down. But you got to know the difference between being dead and alive. You've got to 
understand that, yeah, he's back, but honey, it's bigger than him being back. This baby was dead. This baby was on his way to hell. But God saw fit to have that one-on-one conversation. How many of you know when you have that one-on-one conversation with the Lord, he can begin to show you yourself. He'll begin to show you whether you're connected. He'll show you if you're disconnected. And he'll show you if you need to be reconnected. But that brother, he had that conversation and God began to show him and he began to tell him, look, I know that you think you're doing your own thing. I know that you think that it feels good to your flesh, but I'm going to tell you that the wages of sin is death. How many of you know that can't no flesh be glorified in the presence of God? He ain't going to have it in his presence. And maybe you're that older brother. And you've got all against your brother or all against your sister because they left and they left you. And you continue. You continue with a straight face. You continue to serve. You continue to do. But you just ain't feeling it. You ain't feeling it. But how many of you know But you're not feeling death? You're not feeling eternal separation from God. And you've got to fix your heart right. Because when it comes to being separated from God eternally, oh, you better bring out the best robe. You better put the best ring on this hand and on her hand. It doesn't matter who it is. We've got to learn how to be connected as one. And it takes the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody it takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the Holy Ghost to guide us with relationships with each other. It takes the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. To help us reconnect. It takes the Holy Ghost to keep us from listening to things that will cause us to, to break that connection with God and with his people. It's a choice. We're faced with choices every single day of our lives. But it's some people that God have told you to go back and connect with them and bring them into the house. And there's some that are in the house and God saying, you need to connect with them. Because they were dead. And they now are alive. There's nothing about death that sounds like life except that God has power over the sting and the, and the, of death. But when something is dead, it's dead. And the only thing that can bring it back to life is God. Make the choice today. Make the choice to stay connected no matter what. Make the choice to not allow things, yourself, your flesh, what you heard in the street disconnect you. And make the choice to commit to reconnect to your sisters and brothers in Christ, folks that you've not seen in the church for a while, people in your household, people in your family. Death is final. And the only thing that can bring people back together is the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that God has power over death, the sting of death, the penalty of death? And he's the only one that has power to be resurrected and speak life back into a dead situation. we got to make the choice. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. 
That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.